Welcome to Public Domain Video Theater presented by the great detectives of old time radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. Today we're going to bring you the first episode of the 1954-55 Sherlock Holmes series uh, starring Ronald Howard and H. Marion Crawford. The original air date on today's episode is October the 18th, 1954. And uh, this is Season 1, Episode 1, and it's the case of the Cunningham Heritage. The city you consider as home is never so attractive as when you return to it after long and difficult times in other parts of the world. My name is Dr. John Watson. I had served and been wounded in the more remote regions of Afghanistan and had been discharged from the army with specific instructions to rest. The sight of London again was already working its soothing tonic. As I rode through the familiar streets, I never suspected that a chance introduction would lead me into the most amazing adventure of my entire life. Watson, old man! <laughs> Hello, how have you been? It's good to see you. Not as well as you, obviously. You look great, old man. <laughs> Here, you were wounded. Well, it could have been much worse. Sit down. Care for a drink? Mm, have one. Yes. Well, what are your plans now? Oh, nothing really at the moment. I'm looking for lodgings. Trying to solve the old problem of comfortable quarters at a reasonable price. That's odd. The second man today that's used that expression. Who's the other man? Well, you wouldn't know him. He's doing some work in the chemical laboratory at the hospital. Might be interesting. Yes, well, I wouldn't mind sharing a flat with somebody if, if he was all right. Well, I... Wrong? Oh, no. He's rather strange. Well, what's wrong with him? Oh, nothing wrong with Holmes. That's his name, Sherlock Holmes. Oh, when I saw him this morning, he was doing some research with a corpse. Oh, what was he doing? He was beating it with a stick. I beg your pardon. Did you ring, sir? Two shares, please. Very good, sir. What did you say this Sherlock um, Holmes fellow was doing? He was beating a corpse with a stick. Oh? What in heaven's name did he want to do that for? He wanted to find out if it was possible to inflict a bruise on a body after death. Why? Do you know? You 
asking. There's another strange thing about this, Holmes. Somehow, one never thinks to question him. You've just entered the greatest chapter in the history of forensic medicine. You're Dr. Watson. Yes, I am. What works? Foolproof test for hemoglobin. You realize what this means, of course? No, I, I don't. You must be Sherlock Holmes. It will create a revolution in criminal investigation. Yes, I'm Holmes. How did you know I was Watson? Because you've just come back from Afghanistan. How do you do? How do you do? How did you know I'd just come back from Afghanistan? Well, it's, it's written all over you. The problem has generally been that a man is suspected of a crime months after the crime is committed. Then when they find bloodstains on objects of clothing, they can't be sure if it's blood, mud, or rust stains. But this solves the whole thing, of course. Oh, of course. Of course. Stanford told me you're looking for someone to share the flat you'd found. You know, if this test had been in existence a year ago, it would have meant that von Bishop of Frankfurt would most certainly have been hung. That goes for Mason of Bradford, Muller and O'Fay, naturally. Uh, naturally. Who are these people? Did you know I'm delighted to meet you, Watson? I think you'll like the flat. It's in Baker Street, by the way. Oh, we could pop around this afternoon and have a look at it if you can. Yes. Oh, yes, rather, I'd like that. Good. Did you mind if I play the violin? No, go right ahead. No, no, I don't mean now. I mean uh, when we're sharing the flat. Oh, no, no of course not. I, I like a bit of good music. Oh, good. I'm fair, not very good. Oh. Um, tell me, Holmes... How did you know I just got back from Afghanistan? Well, it's obvious. Now, that's what you said before. It's a bit obvious. You're a doctor. That much we know. But with the air of a military man, therefore an army doctor. You've acquired a sunburn. I know it's not your natural color because your wrists are white. Your eyes tell me that you've recently been ill. I'd say some sort of tropical fever. You use your left arm stiffly as though you've sustained a wound. Now, the problem becomes, where would an army doctor contracted a fever? Sustained a wound. Answer, my dear Watson, is in the present campaign in Afghanistan. Naturally. Naturally. Of course, it's obvious. Naturally. <laughs> we examined the rooms at 221B Baker Street that afternoon and promptly moved in on the following day. I had, at this point, known Sherlock Holmes for only 24 hours. But the man's fantastic powers of perception coupled with the almost unpredictable personality I'd ever encountered, kept me in a state of constant surprise when I wasn't being shocked. It was unbelievable the things he knew and the things he didn't know. Oh, really, my dear Holmes, you mean to tell me you didn't know that the Earth moved around the sun? Really? But every schoolchild knows that. Well, now I know it, too. I shall promptly proceed to forget it. But why? Yes, why? Why should I remember? Because it's a natural phenomenon. Well, is it important? Does it affect us? If you told me the Earth went around the moon, would it make any possible difference to our way of life? Well, put it that way, no. Then it's useless information. I shall do my best to forget it. I advise you to do the same. At times, I thought the man was joking and simply having a bit of fun at my expense. But I soon learned that he was in dead earnest. I also, unknown to him made a brief classification of the man's knowledge. Literature? Nothing. Philosophy? 
Nothing. Astronomy? Nothing. Politics? Disinterested. Botany? He knew everything there was to know about poison and absolutely nothing about practical gardening. Chemistry profound. Sensational literature? Without question, Sherlock Holmes knew the details of every horror perpetrated in the last hundred years. I believe we have a visitor. Really? Who's coming here? I believe so. I would also say he's a retired sergeant of Marines. How are you know the man? Never clapped eyes on it before in the night. Well, in that case, that's one of the wildest statements I ever heard. How can you possibly guess he's a retired sergeant of Marines? You've never seen him. A guess, my dear Watson. A calculated deduction. Yes, he is coming up here. Do you mind uh, if I ask him his profession? Oh, by all means. Now, where did I put my violin case? Hmm? Oh, it's over here. Ah, my old friend. Come in. Excuse me, gentlemen. I have a message here for Mr. Sherlock Holmes. Excuse me. Sir? You mind telling me your occupation? Not at all, sir. I'm a civil servant employed by the police department. Thank you. I just wondered. Not at all, sir. How long have you been with the police department? Just a year, sir. Before that, I was a sergeant in the Marines. Good day, gentlemen. How did you know? Hmm. An interesting letter, Watson. A very interesting letter. Perhaps you'd like to come with me. Where? To catch a murderer, of course. Of course. How did you know that that man was an ex-sergeant of Marines? Who? A messenger from the police. Oh, yes, yes, the retired sergeant of Marines. That's what I said. Well, there's nothing mysterious about such observations, my dear Watson, but unfortunately, when explained, they lose their romantic order of mystery. My decision was based on observation and logical deduction. The man had a large anchor tattooed on the back of his hand. This was visible from our window. I admit I didn't notice it at the time, but since you mention it, I think there was an anchor. Oh, there was indeed. He also wore regulation sideburns, had a slight nautical role. Thus, I judged him a marine. Yes, I grant you, but only a refinement of guesses one makes every day. <clears throat> Don't be so disgruntled, Watson. Test your own powers of observation. We are entering the perfect situation. Oh, what are we entering? A house that holds a murdered man. Inspector Lestrade inside. Yes, sir. May I have your name, please? Yes, yeah, Sherlock Holmes. This is Dr. Watson. Oh, that's quite all right, sir. Inspector Lestrade gave instructions to admit you. Oh, good. By the way, has the body been removed? No, sir, but the medical examiner's just gone. Oh, thank you. Let's hope they haven't moved things about too much. 
police forces of the world seem to have an organized science of messing things about. Oh, I wouldn't say that, Holmes. Hmm. Now then, move along there, everybody. Move along. There's nothing to see today. I don't know. I swear I don't know. I, I tried to help him. Don't you believe me? I had to do what I could. It was instinctive. Instinctive for a woman like you to commit murder. That's not true. You know it's not true. I know you hate me, but you can't believe I'd do a thing like this. Yes, I can, and I do. She's a murderess. You know it as well as I. She murdered your brother. It's a lie. Yes, it's a lie. Frank, our story's a lie. The relationship you had with my son was a lie. My son's been murdered. This girl's a murderess. Why she did it, what her motive was, huh? I don't know. They were engaged without my blessing. I can only be grateful that she gains nothing by her crime. Your duty now is to convict her. Just a moment, please. Notice the angle of incision, Watson. Yes. And the force of the blow and the general penetration of the other region of the chest. How long would you estimate before a loss of consciousness? Well, it's difficult to say. Oh, between the two. Death? Shorter thereafter. Two minutes. Three or four, I'd say. Thank you, Watson. All right, take it, man. Ah, forgive the interruption. I would prefer to have been invited before the body had been moved. I thought you'd be interested, Holmes. Oh, thank you, Mr. Strader. Oh, may I introduce my friend, Dr. Watson, Inspector Lestrade of Scotland Yard? How do you do? How do you know? So you're completely stuck in, Lestrade. What do you mean? Well, you thought I'd be interested. Why don't you admit it? You're in a jam. I think it's a cabinet work, don't you think? What you say isn't exactly true, Holmes. I've done you a favor. This is an interesting case. Of course, there are one or two unexplained details, but I don't believe it'll be long before we clear What's your on. principal problem? There's no motive. I found this girl with a knife in her hand. My brother lying dead on the floor. I found Peter on the floor. I tried to help him. By stabbing him? By removing the knife. Anybody would have done the same thing. I loved him. Now, my dear young lady, there's no cause for you to alarm yourself. No one's accusing you of, uh, well, of what happened. This would be a clear-cut case if only she had a reason for murdering. There happened to be a policeman outside the house during the murder, and he said that no one came in except her. Well, what about the others? Who benefits by her death? Well, no one. The estate was left in such a way that if he died before he married, everything went to charity. My dear Inspector Lestrade, he didn't die before he married. This young lady and the man whose body was carried out of here had been married for at least a week. In the event of his death, I imagine everything passes to her. Now, we return to the case of the Cunningham heritage. How did you know they were married? Weren't you? Yes, a week ago. Then you do benefit by my brother's death. You're his heir. I don't know if I am or not. I only know I didn't kill him. I swear I didn't. Where were you married? I went 
down to Brighton last weekend. Well, why didn't Peter say anything about it? I don't know. He asked me not to say anything, but of course I didn't. I'm afraid, young lady, I'll have to ask you to accompany me to headquarters. Inspector, I think I should tell my mother. Oh, yes, of course. Tell me, Holmes, how did you know they were married? Well, the man's hands had the remains of a sunburn, and the fading marks of a narrow ring, but not as yet that indentation of the finger ring generally leaves. A weekend in the sun at Brighton explains the whole thing perfectly. I didn't notice these things. Yes, I know. The young lady's hands were also sunburned, and to the same degree. Then the case is solved. Yes, it would appear so, wouldn't it? What are you looking for? You see that? What? Yeah. Use this. Well, that's only the cut in the carpet. Yes, but it's a fresh one. Yes, but what does it mean? That's a good picture. You stop talking about clothes now, Holmes. Ah, you solved the case then. Completely. Oh, splendid. Seems this girl had a record. Nine months in the woman's prison in Holloway. From the 21st of February, 1892, to the 21st of November, 1892. Employed as a governess and convicted for stealing 300 pounds from an employer. It's quite true. I knew you'd find out sometime. I made a mistake five years ago, but I paid for it. But Peter knew all about it before we were married. I never tried to hide it from him. You didn't know what else you had in mind. I had nothing else in mind except that I loved him. I'm afraid I must ask you to go with the officer, Miss. Rather, madam. Well, that's how I like my cases. Fast and simple. Oh, you must tell me some more about it. Well, there's nothing to tell, really. The story was that Peter asked her to call here at ten shop. She arrived, found the door open for her, came in here and found him writhing on the floor with a knife on his chest. She screamed, pulled it out. Just then, Brother Ralph walked in. He died without saying another word. So she stabbed him for the inheritance and was caught in the act. Simple. Well, falling over long. Couldn't be simpler, could it, Watson? Well, I still think it's a tragedy. Yes, but in my job, Dr. Watson, we run up against it all the time. Yeah? No, thank you. Well, I suppose you've had some amazing adventures. Yes, but one learns to have a real philosophy of life and get a good perspective. Yes, I suppose. But just the same, I think it's a pity. Hmm. Just another case of a clever girl being too clever. A clever girl who intended to murder her husband. She certainly chose the most stupid possible way to commit the crime. Uh, what was that? Well, what's this? Checkbook. Oh, amazing deduction for straight. Look. So, Peter Cunningham drew a check for a thousand pounds. Six weeks ago. And five weeks ago. And four. And three. And two. And that's all. Well? They're drawn to cash. Well, I don't get your point. He was a very rich man. Right. Great deal of cash. It was his own money. I suppose he could do what he liked with it. You may have hit the proverbial nail in this day. Now, look here, Holmes. You're trying to start something that just doesn't exist. You think so? I have a great deal of respect for your opinion, Holmes. But your trouble is that you can't leave things alone. If there isn't a mystery, you have to make one, or you're not happy. You're right, I'm not happy. There are marks on the carpet indicating a struggle. The man whose body was carried out of here was over six feet in height. If he had struggled with the girl who had left here, I don't think he'd have lost. She surprised him. Oh, but he was expecting her. That's her story. I, I'd say she sneaked up on him. What, and stabbed him in the chest? How do you sneak up on someone and stab him in the chest? Strange. 
Look here, Holmes. You're trying to start something, and I just won't stand for it. That girl's a jailbird, and she's guilty, and she's going to hang, and that's the end of the case. I see Inspector Lestrade is up to his usual method of gymnastics, trying to hammer square pegs into round holes. Well, there, it's uh, been a great pleasure of meeting you, Inspector. I warn you to keep away from that man, Holmes, or you'll be insane in less than a week. What time is it? Hmm? Oh, uh, half past ten. Perhaps you'd like to take a little stroll with me. Why? I'd like to investigate this afternoon's affair a bit further. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'd like that. I thought you'd forgotten about it. Not at all. I've been thinking about it all evening. Shall we go? Hmm. Then we must exchange our thoughts en route. Where are we going? To the Cunningham House. I didn't know you made an appointment there. Huh. I didn't. Oh, well, who do you expect to see? No one, I hope. Well, I'm terribly sorry, Holmes, and I'm afraid I don't understand what you mean when you say you want to go to the cunning house and you just... You can't do that. What? Well, you can't break into the house. Why not? It's against the law, that's why not. Why, if we're caught... That's it. Well, what is it? If we're caught. But that's a very good But look, Holmes, we can't. Shh, 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 shh. Come on. Good evening, Inspector. Oh, good evening, Sergeant. Everything all right? Yes, sir. I just thought Sherlock Holmes might have dropped by. Where'd you get the key? Oh, geez, a burglar's tool. A burglar's tool? Shh. Street chair. Yeah. How do you know he's out? Because I had a spy watching the house. Ghost with that cabinet. What am I looking for? Oh, papers, bank statements, anything to indicate passage of money from Peter Cunningham's account. Go on. It's absolutely ridiculous. Looking for something and you don't know what in order to catch somebody and you don't know who. Quite ridiculous. Got it. Whatever it is we're looking for. Why did Peter Cunningham try to hide the fact of his marriage? A week or a month with the main indifference as far as his mother was concerned. She would never have consented to his new bride anyway. He married her to prove to me that my blackmail wouldn't stop him. And then he withheld the fact in order to give me one week to clear out of the country before he exposed me. The money he paid you went to buying up your promissory notes. I was being pressed, Mr. Holmes. My brother's engagement to a jailbird, 
gave me a perfect opportunity to extract a little money from him. In fact, if he hadn't been such a bullhead, it would have gone on for quite some time. A jailbird, as you put it, makes the perfect murder suspect. Perfect, Mr. Holmes. And you and Dr. Watson make perfect burglary suspects. When I report your death to the police, they can't possibly blame me for defending the sanctity of my home. Well done, Watson. Oh, I could have done a bit better, only it was with that shoulder. <laughs> Quite all right, Watson. Think no more about it. So that's our murder. Yes, the only possible one, of course. Only a man could have struck that blow. Peter died, as you say, within three or four minutes. And there was a bobby outside the whole time. Yes. Crystal clear. Oh, it can't be. Well, what do we do now? What's going on here? Who, who fired that shot? We will sit with the good inspector. And with the aid of our evidence, a bit of logic, and a few simple diagrams, we will endeavor to convince him that night follows day, and that one and one inevitably makes two. How did you two get in here, anyway? Now, Inspector, calm yourself, calm yourself, calm. Sit down. Now, here's a good time to sit right here. Now, you see, we have a great deal to talk about. Also present with Inspector Lestrade was Dr. John Watson and a personal friend of the Inspector's, Mr. Sherlock Holmes. This is ridiculous. It's fantastic. This isn't the way it happened at all. Revolutionize investigation, Watson. This whole account is a lie. Fingerprints, Watson. That's the coming thing. Oh, nonsense. What are you going to do about this? Before a search. Here, give me your fingers on the sheet of paper. Oh, Are you going to sit there with these disgusting little fudges and, uh, and let them get away with this? Take your run. Well, I won't. They're going to hear from me. Brilliant inspectorless trade indeed. Why, it took you... Three hours to convince that phone there. I don't know. Never in mind his eyes by her. I tell you, innocence. Oh. I wonder if he got more than a shoulder wound in Afghanistan. Welcome back. In making this uh, series, 
Uh, Sheldon Reynolds set out to do something different with uh, Sherlock Holmes and different from interpretations of Holmes up to that time, which focused on Sherlock Holmes as he was written and portrayed in stories like The Hound of the Baskervilles, where he was this very experienced uh, detective and, you know, a bit closer to middle age, a lot of years, a lot of cases under his belt. This series focused more on a younger, energetic Holmes, as was written about in A Study in Scarlet or The Son of Four. Howard does a great job in this and really brings home that sense of energy throughout. And of course, his uh, performance chemistry with H. Marion Crawford is just uh, brilliant right from the start. The episode actually takes uh, some of a study in Scarlet and adapts it uh, to the screen, uh, in some cases uh, almost word for word, including the portion where Watson is uh, listing out his knowledge in various disciplines. Now we should get on to talking about the case itself. And I actually had a viewer email me in advance of if I ever uh, played this uh, case on public domain video theater. He emailed me about this two years ago and confessed that he did not actually uh, get this uh, case. He said, uh, that he's noticed some glaring issues with the solution of the case. The killer's motive just suddenly uh, is thrown out, but there's little or no clues or suggestions leading up to blackmail or the cause of death. I actually think that there were enough clues to establish the identity of the murderer. Uh, there are two things with a bonus uh, third item that I think, uh, bear consideration. The first is that Holmes identified for us uh, in a big clue that he was drawing a thousand pounds a week out of his account. And let me just go ahead and say that that was a little silly in 1887. And a thousand pounds a week is the equivalent of 130,000 pounds in today's money. Uh, which for blackmail is a bit steep, and for gambling debts too. Sheldon Reynolds may have been thinking of a thousand pounds in 1954 money, which is the equivalent of about 23,000 pounds today, and I think is a bit more reasonable as a blackmail figure for a wealthy person. Uh, but that was a clue. Given that amount of money coming out of the account uh, every single week, that would indicate either blackmail or an illicit drug habit, which there was no indication of, or him being a gambler. So the odds were that he was being uh, blackmailed. We could kind of pick that as the most likely possibility as he was in a relationship with a woman who was outside of his class, that seems like the likely source. I mean, you could uh, come up with some other ghastly fact for the uh, source of the blackmail, but uh, from what we have, that seems the most likely. 
Then you have him also identifying that there was a struggle and that the wife would have been unlikely to uh, be able to uh, subdue him in a struggle just given his size and strength. And you could say the same thing for his mother. And so it's kind of like playing a game of guess who. And you're like, okay, so whoever did this had to be male. We've only met three characters who have any relation to our victim, which one of them is male. And there you go. And your bonus clue is that the brother found her over the body. And what better way to be in that position than if uh, the brother was the killer? None of this supposition would stand up in court, uh, obviously. But for TV, uh, it's good enough. <laughs> That's not to say the mystery is by any means great. There is a bit of rushing in here because in this 26-minute episode, we establish uh, Holmes and Watson and their relationship and start to establish Lestrade uh, while also trying to fit the mystery in. So it is a bit rushed. This is why a lot of uh, later modern series, whether you're talking about uh, Murder, She Wrote, or Monk, would start the series out with a made-for-TV movie. Uh, this would allow them to have a uh, program where they have a mystery, uh, and it's a decent enough mystery, and they also introduce the key concepts and characters of the story so you don't end up with something as rushed as this mystery was. I do have to comment on the fight scene, which was really odd because essentially Watson does a great job knocking the gun from the brother's hands. The brother hits Watson and Watson doesn't crumple over or hit back. He just has this really odd look on his face and the murderer just stands there as well until Watson decides to start hitting back. That's such an odd way to do a fight scene. That said, I, I think that this episode does its most important work in establishing Holmes, Watson, and their relationship, and is a lot of fun, despite a few of the issues with the mystery, as well as some really odd fight choreography. Well, that will do it for now. Join us back here next time for another episode of Public Domain Video Theater. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. And if you like these videos, you can become one of our patrons at patreon.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.